0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit OverflowIndy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Jesus said, He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. That's pretty crazy to see all the things that Jesus did in his three and a half years of ministry. More than could be written in all the books of the world is what was accomplished in three and a half years. But the reason, his success story was not because of special training. It wasn't because of special styles. It wasn't because he prepared things in a nice order. It, it wasn't because he was the most popular dude. It was because he only did what he saw his father doing in heaven. Whoa. And so... God has put us here to be His vessels on this earth. Ah, Thank you, Lord. (laughs) To be His vessels on this earth. Because God's dream is to bring heaven to earth. And so He's put people here who, who are seated in heavenly places and and that's where we live from and then we live in this world to the world, from heaven to earth. Whoa. Let me tell you that when, when you're connected in at the throne in that realm, you don't you you might not act outwardly on the earth like a normal human being because you just can't help sometimes when you touch flesh to glory, like things happen that's not your normal. Hey, thank you, God. Jesus was called a, a wine-bibber, and he, he wasn't a drunkard, but they thought he was, because he was full of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Ha <laughs> ha. But he said, I only say what I first hear my father saying. And he, he's a, he was a man who, it says in John chapter 1, I believe that, that he uh, that he lived from his father's bosom. Whoa, oh, come on. Whoa. <clears throat> living from that place. Whoa, thank you, Lord. I'm feeling him. I can't help it. I'm not gonna resist it, though. Hmm. And and recently, I got a I got a preach in January up at my friend's church in Goshen, and and the Lord put it on my heart to preach. Off of a sermon, where it was in Exodus, when when God was gonna, He's planning on coming down on the top of the mountain, in the fullness of His glory, and they saw the fire, they saw the glory, they saw the smoke, they heard the trumpets of heaven, and it was the most crazy awe moment, and the people. God God came so He could be a friend to them. We read about Moses having face-to-face encounters with God, and God actually gave the invitation of the face-to-face with each one of His people. He called them a, a, a kingdom of priests. They were supposed to all be priests unto the Lord. To come into the presence. Whoa. But they were convicted... Because they knew that that's going to cost something. It's going to cost something. I can't live my fleshly, carnal, world mixture kind of a life in the holiness of the Lord. It doesn't work in that place. The Lord was inviting them to a place, but it was going to require sanctification repentance and cleansing of world worldliness that's inspired by the very demons that God had to kick out of heaven because they didn't honor the holiness of the Lord and that they brought uh, cultures into this world that were separate from God Even things that were not necessarily labeled as sin, but because it was inspired by spirit of the world, it could not have place in God's holy presence. He kicked them out of heaven because they they don't belong in that place, in the darkness of heart. Amen? And the Israelites had the invitation to come on the mountain before the Lord and, and see Him in His glory and to encounter Him and to have a relationship and that they could all be kings and priests unto the Lord. And they said, I don't want that. We want God, but let's have a mediator. You, go, you pay the price. You pay the price to be God's man and you go and, and spend time with Him. And and then you come and tell us what to do and we'll follow your word. That's a repeat of his word. We will know God vicariously through you in your sacrifices. That was never God's plan to have to create a system where people would mediate heaven to earth. His plan from the beginning was that, his, that they would be his children. Heaven to earth. Come on. Whew. But God is gracious, though. <laughs> He's so gracious. And, and nonetheless, nonetheless, he, he had them camp. There was, there was over a million people of the Jews that came out of Egypt into the wilderness for 40 years, over a million. And and they camped in their tribes and he positioned them in the right places around the tabernacle. There was a tent that the priests would set up and tear down when, when when they knew that they needed to leave. They'd set up and tear it down, but everybody set up their tents all around this thing. But the tabernacle was central. Okay. But it wasn't because the form of man and religion was central. It was because God in his mercy and his love descended out of heaven and put himself on the tabernacle. And they saw God in his glory, a pillar of cloud During the daytime, and it would turn into a pillar of fire at nighttime. And they saw the glory fill the temple. And it came in so strong that the priests who were there to to do their religious performance and duty, the power was so strong they could not even stand and minister. They fell flat under the weight of the Shekinah, Kabod, Glory of God. Come on. Who wants more? Come on. If you want more, you're going to have to, as the Lord reveals to you how to do this, how he wants you to, you're going to have to lay it all down. Because we have a choice to either be like the, the, the religious Jews Who they wanted to be godly people. They wanted to have the inheritance. They wanted the promised land. They wanted the goods that come with the kingdom. But they didn't want the price to behold the face of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read out of Exodus 33. And by the way, he is on this. (laughs) Thank you, God. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. So God promised the, the, the land. Give gave them the promised land. He promised them for, for centuries that they're going to occupy this land it's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. And he said, I will send my angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Go up to a land Flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst lest I consume you on the way. For you are a stiff necked people. That's not my declaration to you, by the way. Stay with me. <laughs> All right? But the reason God was saying this is because they were a people who wanted to have the best of both worlds. I, I want my version of Christianity. I want the version of Christianity that I can embrace the things that I want and not even pay attention to is God cool with this or not. 2021 has a lot of mixture Christianity that's got a form of godliness but full of the spirit of the world in it. And I'm not pointing any fingers at any person, any church or anything like that, because that is not what we're doing. I'm just here to declare that God is calling us higher. And he's calling out the people from the, the worldly version of what Christianity looks like, calling us out so that we can enter in to the true promises of the Lord. Not the self-made things that we, that we call God's plans for us. Stiff necked people. And and so Moses just heard from the Lord wow. You've given us this promised land. We've had this promise for centuries. And this is the place that you are going to call your home. This is the place you're going to call your family. This is the place that you are going to dwell in it amongst your people. And, every, and the world would look to Israel to know this is the people of God. But now you're saying that your heart is broken from your people for being stiff-necked, mixture, and you're not even going to go into the promised land with us now. We're in the middle of the wilderness. We've been camping around your glory, and the, as the as the glory lifts and it moves to another place, they stay right with Him. They stay right close to Him, and so they're, they're in the midst of God's glory amongst his people, yet they're in a barren wilderness that doesn't provide the creature comforts that the world has for us. Okay? God says, you'll still get your promise that you guys are holding on to. I'm still going to give you the thing that you want more than anything else, this place, this great place but I'm not going with you. I'm going to pick my best angel and he'll go before you. He'll take you. Imagine what Moses all of a sudden had a realization of right now. This God, because Moses was the man who God chose to lead them to that place. This God, who he has these face-to-face encounters with, mountaintop, Crazy, glory, encounters. I get to take my people to the promised land, yay. But you're not going to be there. Oh, no. The encounter will no longer be accessible. If we, get to, if we get this thing we want so bad, but we're doing it the other way than the way God's trying to get it. And when the people heard this bad news, everybody say bad news. bad news, they mourned and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. I could, I could come into your midst in one, in one moment and consume you. Now therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know that you have, that, that, that I may know what to do to you. <laughs> Whoa, this sounds, sounds like Papa taking us out to the woodshed or something. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of the ornaments. <laughs> all right. Then it moves into another section here titled Moses meets with the Lord. <laughs> so that's good. That was bad before. Now that's good. But, was, but does it, does it say all the people meets with the Lord? It says Moses meets with the Lord. The man who is willing to pay the price, the man who is willing to lay it all down. Okay. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. That means they're going to have to put some effort into this. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into his tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that that crazy, amazing pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Hmm. All the people saw the pillar of clouds standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, loved Joshua, yeah. the son of Nun, I don't know how he didn't have any parents, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle. This dude loved the presence of the Lord. Oh, so much we could say about Joshua, but you guys have Denny's to get to. Don't have time for the extra. All the people, at least a million, standing at the tent door, watching Moses go to his special encounter place. And they see the glory come to the one man, the one man. And they honor this. And, and, they, and they worship the Lord, but from afar. God always dreamed with his people that he would be in the midst of his people, walking to and fro. As a matter of fact, there's a verse that says, and I don't remember where it's at, and I'm not going to say it right, but it says it's in one of the first five, I think. It says that God walks in his camp, walking up and down the roads between the tents. And, it, and it's weird because it says something about how they had to take their, their poo outside the camp and bury it like they didn't have bathrooms, right? And it says that they had to do that to get it out of the camp because the Lord walks amongst their camps in between their tents, up and down their little pathways. And here the people are, looking at Moses' tent to behold the man who has the encounter, and they had no idea that God was walking up and down their pathways, right by their tents. They didn't see God because they weren't looking for him. They were not willing to pay the price to encounter the Lord, as Moses did, face to face, as God desired for them. pretty crazy, right? When Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you shall send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. So God said this to Moses, I know you by name, you also have found grace in my sight. This is in the old covenant, but grace was extended. Do you guys know what grace is? Grace is the unearned, you don't deserve it, favor of God. In the old Testament and the new Testament, the word grace and favor can be interchanged; They're the same word favor whoa oh Jesus favor favor I want you to I want you to hear the Lord talk to you right now because guess what if you've been born again God sees you he doesn't see you as a stiff necked person he sees you as a son or a daughter and he wants to say to you I know you by name And you have also found grace in my sight. (laughs) Favor. Favor that you don't deserve. It's a free gift. You receive it by faith, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Favor. Grace. It is divine empowerment. It gives you the supernatural power of God to infuse you with something that's beyond what you can do on your own ability to live a supernatural life. But guess what? The people who walk in that are not the ones who are, who, are, who are living mixture kinds of lives. There's a grace available to each one of us. But if we're living lives of mixture, we are not actually entering into the grace of the Lord. It's available. But, it, but the whole responsibility is not on God's side. It's how we posture our hearts. It's how we engage with what God's doing. It's how we make a decision. I want that more than that. I'm willing to give up all this stuff that I've been holding on to so I can have that. I'll let it go. Just give me the more. Give me the more. One reason why some people don't experience the more because they're holding on to too many things. And you got to let go of something to be able to receive something. Amen? And so, so Moses just heard the Father say, and just think, like, he, like God is bringing him into this place where he's disconnecting himself from all the other people who, who are compromised. Like he had to actually remove him from the influences of the people who would have held him down to a, to a casual Christianity kind of a lifestyle. Doesn't mean that he turned his back on them because he still was the father to them, he still led them. Okay? But he had to he had to pull his heart to a place where the father could influence his heart separate from the opinions of man. Whew. I, and so, in this place of of clarity, heart connection with the Lord, where it's not distracted by other people's opinions, and the and the words, the soulless words of people. That try to influence the way we want to. We should we should believe. No, this clear place, this place of, it's a secret place. It's a place where where we let Him filter out all the influences of the world, because it, sa- it says that. The, the words of Christ, are, they're like living waters, right? And, and he gives us the washing with the water of the word. He wants to cleanse us from all the worldly beliefs and thinking and words. Get that junk. The opinions of man and the soulless words. <sighs> he wants to cleanse you. where you can hear the resounding word of the Lord. And the resounding word to Moses says, I know you by name. And you have also found grace or favor in my sight. In other words, I know you, Moses, of the millions that you're, that you're running with. I know you. I know you. Of the 7.8 billion people walking this earth, God says, I know you, I know you by name. I know who you are. I see you sitting down and rising up. I know the thoughts from afar. I know how you feel. I know when you go to bed. I know when you wake up and, and, and the thoughts that I have towards you are many and they're good, they're good. Because he loves you. He wants, to, he wants to wash you with the waters of his words to cleanse you of all the doubts that you might have of the way that God believes about who you are. He wanted to be with you the whole time. He, he would have given the same kind of encounter and relationship with any of the other ones if they would have if they would have exited out of their creature comforts or their whatever the things were that were holding them into the cluster of everybody else. But guess what? We saw Joshua snuck his way in, didn't he? So somebody, somebody broke the mold. It's not just for Moses. It was for Joshua. It's for anyone. Anyone. I know you by name. You have found favor in my sight. I look at you with great favor. I look at you and, and wow, I've, I'm, I'm talking to my favorite child right now. I'll, I want to do anything for you. You're, you are my beloved. I, I'm pleased with you. Let me lavish you with love and goodness and good things. <laughs> I want to give you the, the kingdom. It's my good pleasure to give my kingdom to you. Whoa, God, I'm getting a little light in the knees right now. Man, ha. And, and Moses heard that. Now he's actually, he's going to use that, guys. Oh, you know my name, and, and, and I have favor with you. I, w- I want to tap that favor right now. When, when God gives you favor, you, you don't want to just let it, you don't want to ignore that. You want to press into it. I declare over you guys right now, there's more favor from heaven for you than you have any clue. And the Lord wants you to press into that. Hey, there's breakthroughs. There's advancements. There's, there's great things for you. Favor from heaven. But check this out. Moses knows (laughs) the Lord, that the Yahweh, the creator of the universe, the one who I, I see his glory, and he's staring me in the face. He loved me enough to come off his throne and stand before me in this little man made tent that I made. I want to tap that favor. Let me press into the favor. Man, he could, have, he could have pressed into that thing and done anything he wanted. Lord, give me a better job. <laughs> give me more money. Lord, pay, pay these bills. They're having a, I'm having a hard time with them. He could have pressed into whatever. Lord, let the people love me more because they are bickering at me all the time. He could have gone after any of these things. But what did he go after? Verse 13. Now therefore I pray, if I have found favor in your sight. He's, he's about to take advantage of this one, guys, and, that's, and, and rightfully so. If I have found favor in your sight, show me now your ways. You mean not the Corvette? not the not the better job or the greater position or show me your ways i want you so bad god i love you so much i am fully vested in this intimate relationship with you that nothing else matters to me if i can tap your favor let me access the deeper understanding of who you are not just not just what you're doing but Why do you do what you're doing? I don't just want to know what you do, but I want to understand the heart inside of it. I need to know you, Lord. (laughs) If I have found grace in your sight, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your way that I may know you. Some people want to say, show me your way so I can perform miracles. So I can heal people and cast out demons or, or do the great things or so I can have the great ministry or whatever it might be. Show me your way so I can do great things. But he didn't say that. He said, show me your way so I can know you. I want to I I be able to observe what you're doing and then press into that more. I want to know you. I want to, I want to know the thoughts of your mind. I want to know the feelings of your heart. I want you to put them in me and let me become one with them. Take away my stony heart and put your heart in me and let's become one together, have intimate union. Come on, that I may know you. <laughs> let, me sit, let me start this prayer over as you guys are seeing this build. now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you. But he's pressing it a little farther. I want to know you so that I may found favor in your sight. He starts with favor. He presses into the, I want to understand your ways. Presses in more so that I can know you. Presses in more so I can get even more favor. <laughs> favor is an expression of love, guys. Yeah. That I can have more favor. So he's like, I love the favor I have. I'm going to push in because I think there's more of this. Guess what? There's more. There's more. There's more. But you've got to know that the avenues to get to the more. You press into the heart of the Lord you observe what he's doing, you pay attention to it, and you, and, and you partner with what he's doing. But you don't just partner with what he's doing so you can do the things he's doing with him. You partner with it so you can actually know him and be intimately united with him. Love, intimacy. And that breaks open a whole new level of favor. Isn't that amazing? You guys all right? <laughs> now, I want you guys to. And then he goes on as, as he's asking for more favor, where does he use it? Not for selfish gain. That's what he says after he's asking for more favor, more grace. And consider this nation is your people. Whoa. So now, as he's pressing into this place where he can ask for anything in the world, and he says, Lord, These people that that have broke your heart, remember them. They're your people. Do you remember that prior to this, when he's saying this, that that Moses just heard from the Lord, you're going to get to the promised land as I have promised because I don't don't ever give my word and take it back from you. You're going to get to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. I'm not going with you. I'll give you my best angel. It's still going to be great. I will. I, I'm going to give you the whole thing, and, and it's going to be, it, it, who knows, maybe he's going to pluck one of the seraphim that circles the throne. I don't know. I'll give you my best. He'll take you in. But But here's Moses, who's having this encounter, and he's pressing in. He's, he's receiving his full acceptance and lavishness from the Father. He's entering into that. He's pushing in deeper. I need to know you more. I need to know you more. And as I get more favor, I want, I just, I'm remembering that, that we've got promises, that you, you're going to give us these things that you want to give us, and we long for these things. We need these things so much. But I'm, I'm seeing that you won't be in it. You'll give it, but you won't be in it. And there's nothing that I need more than what I have right here in this place. And then God responds to him because he he tapped the favor, guys. He tapped the favor the way God needed him to tap the favor. He, He pursued his heart. He paid the price. He laid it all down. He went deeper. He didn't just enjoy the the encounter and the experience. He he needed to go to that place that was past the external thing, into the deep heart, the deep spirit place. And, And he touched God's heart. And God said this, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That was everything. That was everything. Because Moses goes on and he replies to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. To me, there's there's a ton of amazing stuff in this chapter That is the key verse. If your presence does not go with us, do not take us from here. They were in a barren, yucky wilderness where they were being fed by ravens and and manna, and that's it, and water, nothing else for 40 years. They didn't, have the, they didn't have the flowing milk and honey. They didn't have the grapes the size of bodies. They didn't have all the stuff that they, that they knew was their inheritance. They, didn't, they, they, were, they escaped from a land that they were in captivity, but it was a lush, wealthy land, and they, they were in a place where there's nothing except each other and God. And Moses said if your presence will not go with us, then don't take us. Moses was forfeiting the destiny. He was forfeiting the promise of the Lord. He, he said, basically what he's saying is for 400 years, we've had this promise, this destiny, this place that we've all been excited to go that was going to be lavish and nice living, and we're going to live like kings and queens. And we want it so bad. I'm willing to lay all that down. You promised it. It's your plan. It's our destiny. I will forfeit every dream that you've given me just to stay in your presence. Can you imagine? The stakes were high in that moment. It's like like Abraham who had been given the promise of a son. and I mean, he was going to be the father of the nations who needed this one son. And the Lord asked him, do you love me or Isaac more? Which Which one do you love more? I love you more, Lord. Prove it to me. Sacrifice your son, the, the, the key to the destiny that I put on you in this whole earth. Do you love me more than that? Because, guys, we have promises from God. And let me tell you that if we, if we white-knuckle those things and we love them more than we love God, it's not worth it. And God wants to know if we have a heart that's willing to lay it all down, to lay it all down. Are you, do you love me more than your destiny? Do you love me more than everything you've been trying to build your life towards? Do you love me more? Are you willing to lay it all down? It's amazing. And what's crazy, is because Moses was willing to do that, to to show God, God, I'm serious about this. I, I, I do love you more. He was willing to lay everything down and say, Lord, if I never have this, ever, if I have you, that's everything to me. Wow. Guess what happened next? He had the audacity from that prostrated place to say, Lord, I trust you that I have favor in your sight. Show me your glory. And from that place, that heart posture, God took him up on the mountain and he showed him the physical, the physical form of Yahweh he saw him with his physical eyes, not just a spiritual encounter, not, not, a, not a, some prophetic form. He actually saw God so real that God said, if you see my front side, it's going to kill you. I will not let you see the front. That was out of his grace. And he said that when I walk by you, I'm going to push you into the cleft of the rock and put my hand on you to cover your eyes. God was covering him so he could walk by and when he lifted his hand he could see God in the fullness of his glory physical when we go to heaven we'll see what he saw on that mountain but do you guys see the pathway of a, of a life willing to pay a price a life laying it all down a life that says Lord I... I know I've got the rights to hold on to these things of the that are comfortable. They weren't defined necessarily as sin in the Bible, and and but but I'm I'm gonna be okay with this stuff here. And the Lord's like, hey, I know. I know the Bible didn't directly say that, but but it, but that comes from the spirit of the world. Do you want? Are you trying to bring that into the holy of holies? Are you trying to bring that? on the holy ground where they had to take their shoes off, the shoes in, on the holy place, in the holy ground. Because he didn't want even just the, the dust of the earth. It wasn't sin. His holiness, it, it comes with high cost, guys. Are we willing to separate ourselves from the things that can distract, the things that compromise? Are, are we, do we really want him? Like we say we want the more. Do you really want the more? The, the Lord is going to invite you into a place of, of greater purity, of letting something go, if, if he asks you to, that, you, that, that maybe you would embrace. Do you want him more than that? Because Moses was willing, this is crazy. He's willing to lay down the destiny of an entire nation of over a million people, like all their destiny, too. <laughs> That's high stakes. God, I'm going to speak on behalf of all these people who probably disagree with everything I'm about to say right now. But we don't want to go to that place if you're not there. I want to tell you guys something. I've had, I've had seasons in my life where, where I knew the promises of the Lord. And by the way, what we're doing right here is definitely us going, doing the promise of the Lord. Okay? This is, this is it in seed form right now. I, I think it's going somewhere way beyond the seed. I really do. I believe the promises are behind that. But guess what? In Reading, I, I had to lay this thing down. And, and, I, and it wasn't just kind of like a moment, like the Lord's like, hey, are you willing to lay this down? Yes, Lord, I love you more. Okay, here you have it right back. No, if, I mean like for several years of me saying, Lord, I'm okay with not doing that as long as you and I are going deeper with each other. But I had to work through it. I had to work through the pain of, of sacrificing something To to prove to the Lord, I love you more than this. I love you more than everything you told me that was mine. And and sometimes I think that we, as humans, can have the tendency of white-knuckling, embracing and holding tightly to the things that we know it's my right. I'm entitled to this. This is okay. You can't prove to me by the word this isn't okay. Yeah, but are you doing what you see your father doing right now? Because you might not be in season of that thing right now. Are you doing what the father is doing? Because guess what? When you're doing what the father is doing, you can enter into that intimacy at any point along the journey. And it doesn't have to take a lifetime to get there. Because Moses already had something greater than the promise that was yet to come. Come on. God told me back then. He's like, Jesse, you think you think that your, your life is going to get fulfilled when you reach this goal, this vision that I've given you, this thing that's in your heart? You think when you get there, you finally stepped in and have arrived to this place that's great? Which, let's laugh at that. Ha ha. <laughs> Naive right there. But, but the Lord was like, but guess what? you have access to my throne right now. That thing, that's many years ahead. Are you going to wait till then for fulfillment? Because I'm here right now. I'm here right now. I've given you full access to my throne right now. Right now. But, but white knuckling that thing is actually holding you back from coming in to this full embrace where you can step in to this favor I have for you. Do we want the stuff that we long for more than we want him? Sometimes we've got to let it go. Let go and trust him. Amen. They got to the promised land and it was with God, but it's because they adjusted Moses adjusted. They, 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 they realigned. God had to, he actually had to filter out a whole generation of people that were, that were stiff-necked and bring in a whole new generation of people that could do it purely, okay? But, but Moses made it, he didn't get across the land, but he made it to the end of the journey and right standing with God. But then Joshua, <laughs> he, he, that whole time, he was dipping into the presence. He was enjoying That whole thing, that whole time, he's sneaking in and taking it in. But God sent him in and they took the promised land. They got the promise and they did it without missing out on God.